no one becomes a dentist just for the money. Because no one loves sticking their fingers in other people's mouths. So why do we get up every day, comb through stacks of resumes, take calls after hours, and get our hands dirty? Welcome to the Lucrative Dentist Podcast, where your hosts, Drs. Bobby Stanley and Phil Shaheen, discuss the role the bottom line plays in allowing us to accomplish our true mission, taking care of people in our communities, our teams, and our families. Welcome to another episode, Bobby. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Today, we're going to talk about your story, Phil. Oh, my God. I want to know about how <laughs> you got into dentistry. I know that you were an associate for a while, and then you bought a practice, and then you had associates, and it's so exciting to me. So, Is it? It's a crazy story. Um, first things first, if you, everybody out there wondering why I speak so funny is I, my first language is French. I graduated from the University of Montreal back in 2001 and did my residency at Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio afterwards. And um, before I even graduated, I had a job offer to be an associate. So I did the associate thing for a couple of years and got to a place uh, that was a startup. Uh, a gentleman wanted to start a practice and wanted me to be the first dentist in the practice as an associate. And I was young. I didn't have anything else going on. I said, sure, no problem. Sounds like a great idea. Thought to myself, I would learn how to do a startup for when I wanted to do a startup. So was the dentist working with you or were you the only dentist no, in that practice? I was uh, employee number one and I was the only dentist and wow. I was just starting to practice from scratch and the owner never worked a day in his life in that practice. So how many years out of dental school were you? At that point, it must have been two or three. That's amazing. So you had the opportunity to start a new practice, but you didn't have... To front the money. The front the money. <laughs> and oh if my. it failed, I didn't have to worry about it. Wow. It was a crazy story. Uh, it was great. It was, it was a wonderful uh, experience. Uh, and, and, and look, I, I suffered through everything. There were day, days, days, multiple, where I would see one patient. I mean, that's how we started. We start from scratch. We didn't even, ha and, of, and, and we opened up our doors on a February 20th. Wow. During a snowstorm. Wow. That was day one. So it didn't seem that great in the beginning, but you know, the one thing I realized, even as an associate, what's best for the practice is best for me. So if the practice did well, I would do well, so I, I think, hustled. I think that's important for all associates to feel that way. I think that, Every associate needs to feel as if they're self-employed. Now, obviously, they're doing what's best for the practice, and it's not their practice. But as the practice grows, so do they grow. Absolutely. Not only do you grow, you understand how it's all interrelated. If you give a good service, then word of mouth starts going around yes. that you're a good dentist, and they come and see you at that practice. So uh, to a certain extent, it's, it's extremely important to start from the get-go to treat it like you're baby. Yeah, I love that. Because if you don't and you just act like this is a job, you'll never be as successful. Yeah, whether you're the only de dentist there or not. Correct. So some days you only saw one patient. How did you grow that practice? Um, a lot of time spent talking to people. I mean, it's all about creating those, those relationships. And, in the practice? In the practice. And then being absolutely upfront. Hey, you seem like we, you and I get along well. Why don't you talk to your friends, your family members, and send them here? Guess what, guys? If you don't ask, you won't get. 
That's so true. Do you know what the worst answer you can get when you ask somebody to send you someone? The worst you can get is a no. So if you you got to ask, you have to ask. And I still do that today. I am so blunt about asking for reviews. I just put people on the spot. Hey, Bobby, did you enjoy your visit today? Yeah, do me a favor. Can you please leave me a review like right now while I'm standing in front of you? I love it. We do the exact same feel and it works great. Because if you just let them get to it, they'll never get to it because their life is busy. Exactly. My life is busy. So and same thing with referrals. Um, patients don't realize that we actually are welcoming new patients. I mean, we seem like we're successful. We seem like we're full. And we are successful. But we're always looking for a great new patient. And our patients that we love, our favorite patients, our, our raving fans, we need to let them know that we want more of them. Absolutely. I never understand the concept of we're not accepting new patients. I <laughs> never really caught on to that. Because what we don't know, when a patient leaves your practice, they never tell you. That's exactly right. They might have moved out of town. They might have you know, decided to go to another practitioner. Not everybody's calling you and say, hey, transfer my records. You'll only know 18 months later when they've missed two or three recall appointments that they've left. So you should always be welcoming new patients. Yeah, and I find that a lot of dentists are like, oh, I get 30 new de- new patients a-, a month, or I get 60 new patients a month. And my question to them is always, "What what's the back door look like? Yeah, how many do you lose? Yeah, how many are you losing? And, and that number is so hard to know. And so you're exactly right. We're always welcoming new patients. Absolutely. So you Absolutely. grew that practice. I did, I did. And uh, to the point that we got so successful that the owner decided to open up a second location. And uh, we did that, and that that worked out really well too. And at some point, I wanted to participate and be a minority owner in the practice, and I got thrown a curveball. The owner told me, you know what? Why don't you buy the whole thing? Wow. And I was 24, 25 years old, and I was told, to do that and I was scared because the amount was pretty large and again, I didn't grow up here, I don't have any family, my parents cannot help me with this stuff. So that definitely it was very scary but it's the best investment I've ever made and purchased a practice from him and owned it since, um, you know, 2007. Well that had to be a real sense of pride because you grew that practice from nothing. I knew the practice inside out. It was probably the most simple transaction ever. There was really no research to be done on the numbers or anything like that because I knew what the numbers were. They were all about me. Yeah, correct. At that time, I was the only dentist running two locations and, you know, uh, which led me to some problems. I didn't tell you, well, you probably know, but uh, one day I broke my wrist. Playing hockey. Oh, that's which a is such a dumb thing to do as a nightmare. dentist. Yeah. Don't play hockey, dentist. No, please don't. <laughs> um, I thought I was invincible because I played hockey all my young life and never got hurt like this. But when you break your right wrist, oh no! And two broken bones, and then you can't practice. Life is hard. Do you know what happens? You lose patience, of course, because you're closed. Yes. If you're the sole provider. You can't do you can't do dentistry. Yes, you lose uh, your staff. Yes, and you lose your friends. Wow. Do you know how many times I called my friend Brian or my friend John? Hey, 
guys, do you mind like coming and working for me on Friday afternoon? And they'd be like, ah, but that's my day off. Like, really? That's why I'm asking you to come and help me see some patients so that I can stay afloat. And in retrospect, I understand their perspectives. Like, hey, I need to rest too, but nobody's coming and helping you out and you know, getting you through your, your hard times. So oh, that's a hard lesson. It was a hard lesson. And that's the day I told myself. So, so my wrist was broken and it took me six weeks to get out of my cast. So six weeks we were closed. Oh, wow. But a lot of dentists couldn't recuperate from that. And we had a hard time. We, yeah. we lost staff and we lost uh, uh, patients. But the problem that I had was I also was in pain for nine months. It's not as easy as we think, even with physical therapy. uh, I had a lot of issues. So So you're saying after six weeks, you didn't just go in and start doing dentistry. I mean, I I did some dentistry. Let me tell you, didn't do extractions. Yeah. It hurt too much. Wow. At the end of the day, I was exhausted because my arm would throb. Wow. Um, And yeah, recovering from all this was hard. But here's the good news. I was still young and had just bought the practice less than a year ago. So I was still you know, living like a student. So that that helped me out Thank a goodness. lot. But I told myself, never again will this practice rely on me solely for revenue because I know what it is. The minute you get hurt, it's a long way back. So I hired my, my first associate then and uh, decided that I'd rather take a pay cut and not eat as much than having the risk of my practice going under because I can't be present. So it was for the security, for sure. It was for the security of having somebody there that could take over if something was to happen to me. Yeah, that was a good price pay. And and it was from one of the mistakes I've made. You know, we've talked at our intro podcast that we've made a lot of mistakes. That was my giant mistake. I had no plan B. Yeah. And everybody talks about insurance and overhead insurance and and disability insurance. Let me tell you something. I'm an expert in disability insurance. I had to fight it. I had to work hard to try to get it. And when I got it, I realized it's nothing. Yes, it doesn't help. It helps put food on the table. Right. It will not help you keep your business. Right. I mean, you're going to have enough to pay for your own personal expenses, like your rent, your personal rent, your personal mortgage, uh, you know, put gas in your car, and things like that. It will not help you pay for your your rent at the office. But the business still needs you. And let me take that another step forward, Phil. God forbid you died. Well, there's that too. the day you die as a single practitioner, your business, the value of your business immediately starts to go downhill. And if you can't get somebody in that practice to keep that practice afloat, then selling that practice may not be advantageous to your family the way that you hope that that practice will provide for your family if you were gone. You, you make a great point. So I think it's important that we look at a plan B, regardless of if it's getting hurt, uh, if we pass, we just need to have some type of security. Yeah, it could be a disease. It could be your back. I mm-hmm. mean, we all have back issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, one day I was on the floor. I couldn't move because my back spa- had a spasm. And I, I, I really thought I asked my wife to call the, the squad. That That's how much it hurt. Yeah. And, you know, it, had I not paid attention to my body and, and start working on it, 
I could have been disabled for a long time. Yes. But I learned to, to do better yes. and, and delegate a little bit more of, of the work. So having an associate is a great thing. One, I mean, you, it cannot get better than having somebody to, um, you know, bounce ideas with and uh, treatment ideas and, and, and things like that. Uh, and it's a great way to, to, to have presence. You can't be everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. You have a life. You have a family. You have people you need to take care of. Having that associate, that that person that that helps you, um, you know, have a practice, is, is great for the patient because they know they have access to someone. Yes. All the time, yes. without having to go look for a different provider, uh, it extends the hours of operation. Mm-hmm. Hey, for the longest time, I was working certain days, and my associate was working other days. We were not necessarily both at the same time. And that's really cool because you have a sitting asset there. That chair is going to be there all the time, and it costs you. So if you can get more more value out of that chair by dividing up the hours, that's really amazing. And I do the same thing with my associates. I work certain days. My associates work certain days. And so it helps to keep the practice open longer. It helps to keep my team members working. But it also helps to drive that overhead cost to a reasonable place because it's divided over more days. And it's a great service for the patient. Great service What if for the, the patient. patient cannot take Friday off to come and mm-hmm. see you or X day off and they can only do Wednesdays? Yes. But Bobby, you're out on Wednesdays. Does that mean they cannot come to Stanley Dentistry? Right. No. I think having somebody present, and it's everything is a choice, right? I mean, if you absolutely want to see me in my practice, I apologize, but those are my days that I see patients. Yes. I currently see patients uh, two and a half day to three days a week. They're in the middle of the week. I don't do Mondays. I don't do Fridays because that's the time that I use to work on the business. Yes, that's so important. Uh, And that's extremely important because that's how the business becomes successful is because I have time to wear my CEO hat and my CFO hat. And in the middle of the week, I wear my best salesperson's hat because I'm the product and I'm the the best salesperson for, for the practice. I mean... I can't do it all, but that's what we are as dentists. We're, we're everything. We are. And, you know, people ask me all the time, Dr. Stanley, how do you do it? How do you, how do, you do everything that you want to do in your life? And what I talk about is I talk about production time, planning time, and personal time. Yep. So production time is when I'm in the mouth. It's when I'm 100% dentist. I'm, I'm being the dentist. But I can't be the business owner when I'm in the mouth. Agreed. So planning time is when I'm a business owner, when I'm working on the business. And then, of course, personal time is really important too. And that's where the associates can help also. So I'm a big believer in taking personal time. I love to travel. I know you love to travel. I love to travel. But it's hard to get out of the office to travel, especially for extended time when you have to shut that office down or you have to pay team members even though you're out. Uh, one of the things that I decided to do a couple years ago was I, I don't ever want to retire. I love dentistry. I love what I'm doing. But I want to have a retirement. So what if I have retirement trips now? Because in retirement, I want to travel. So what if I take three weeks out of the uh, for a trip, maybe two or three times a year? I could never do that without an associate. So associate, I think, also gives you personal time, correct? It does give you personal time. And it allows you to be a better person. It allows you to be a better family, family person, person, your spouse, and will appreciate you more because you're more present. Your kids will remember. It's like, oh, 
dad on Mondays and Fridays is able to come and see my play. But yes. of course, if I ask him on Tuesdays, it's probably not going to happen. And my kids even know that. They know Tuesdays is a no-go. I that's a that's day that great. I like to work late because that's another thing I believe in. I want to try to offer my patients some flexibility. Yes. It's not every night, but if I can do one evening and you plan ahead of time long enough, you can get my services after work without you having to take time off. I think that's great. So, but you're right. You have to plan things. And one term I, I, I use a lot is reverse engineering. And it took me many years to figure this out. Instead of working hard to then be able to do something, what if you decide what you want to do first and then work backwards to see how you're going to make this happen? Just like you, you said, what if I want to take three weeks off every you know, two or three times a year? Mm-hmm. Well, that's your goal. You plan it, and now you reverse engineer and say, okay, well, in order for me to do this, to be able to accomplish this, what do I have to put in place? And that only happens if you have time to work on your business. Because like you said, when I'm doing dentistry and I'm in the mouth, I can't really think about much else. Yes. I don't have time to sit down at the computer and, 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 and do business stuff while I'm trying to think about the next procedure or the next seat that I have to do. Yeah, and that's I, I agree with you 100%. I have a philosophy I don't come home from vacation unless another vacation is planned. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but knowing that, knowing that there's another vacation somewhere down the road, it may be 12 months, it may be six months, but knowing that, I have the opportunity to do exactly what you said. I reverse engineer. I know what I need to do to get there. I put the, the plan in action, and I, and I get there. So, you know, having that planning time to work on the business and figure out what the business needs to do to be profitable so that I can have the personal time that I feel that I need and I deserve uh, for me and for my family, you know, vacationing with my family. I feel like that when I'm on vacation with my family, I'm 100% wife, I'm 100% mom. And get me out of my day to day and put me in a place where I can just focus on the family is really important to me because being a, a wife and a mother is my priority. So planning those vacations Um, I'm able to do exactly what you said, where you back engineer and plan. And it makes you a better person in general, but also a better employer and boss Mm -hmm. because you come back and you have a clear vision. And when you're able to share that clear vision, your team's on board. Great. The last thing they want is somebody that changes their mind every day. Mm -hmm. And trying new things doesn't mean changing your mind. Yes. But you have to have a direction. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And I think it's important. And maybe we should talk about this in another podcast where, you know, try to describe your vision to your team so they know exactly why we're waking up every day and coming to work. I agree. And please don't come and tell me it's just to, because it's a job and I need money. And that's that that's just does not fly with me. Well, I think going into a new year is a great time to do that. And I think we need to have another podcast to talk about that because I, I think it's important for everybody in the practice. Absolutely. Yeah. And the associates need to know that as they come into the practice because you want their values to be your values. You want everything that you believe, you want them to to be part of that and the culture to all be the same. And I think that's important. And as an associate, uh, you, you have to realize that the time you spend in a practice, and, and of course, we're, you know, maybe we should have defined this a little bit earlier, but all I know is private practice. 
I, I'm not talking about DSOs. I'm not talking. I have no idea. I can't even speak ill or not ill about. It. I don't know it. I don't know what the culture is in those places. I'm telling you, I've worked in three or four private practices with a single owner, and I've learned every single place that I've been, and I've always felt that I was a major contributor to the success of the practice, and without me, that practice would have not been as successful, and I've learned in every single place, you know, um, things that, that made me who I am today. So uh, I, some of the associates that I have right now have been with me for a very long time, and mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And I think they see value in in being with me because I'm their leader and I'm able to make sure that they are attaining their goals and their uh, objectives. I agree. Um, So you bought this practice and then you got hurt and then you felt the need to bring in another associate. And now that's working well for you. And how many associates do you currently have? So we currently have four uh, so with five me, dentists. So five dentists, two locations, 25 treatment rooms, uh, a total of uh, 32 to 34 team members. And you know how, how that varies every day. Yes, and of course. <laughs> especially in the past couple of years, it's been definitely a, a yo-yo. And we, we probably need another three or four people uh, to make sure that we can, you know, get to, to serve the patients that are in need because we have more demand that we have capacity. Sure, sure. And at this point, the, the, our capacity is limited not in space, but in, in providers. So. Wow. So you went from one practice to two practice. Tell me about that. So we had started that second practice prior to me purchasing mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing. So, so you purchased the one practice. I, I pra- purchased both at the same time. Oh, you did? Yeah. Amazing. Did. Yeah, it was, it was a big, very scary you know, proposition for a very young dentist that didn't know what the, I mean, I had zero management skills at that point. I mean, I, I'll be very honest. I did not know what I was doing. And in retrospect, it was a very stupid move because I went into this not knowing. I remember, do you know what my, my, my plan B was in case it failed? What? I'm moving back to Canada. Wow. I Just mean, that was my plan B because I remember the amount, the insane amount of money that I borrowed from the bank. I still remember looking at the banker and looking at her and saying, you're a crazy lady to give me that money. <laughs> I have no idea, none whatsoever of what I'm doing. Amazing. I'm just, I'm purchasing it because it sounds like a great idea and sounds like I could run it because I've seen other people doing it, but I, I've never really done it. I've never fired or hired anybody. I just... Yeah, you made you it know? all successful. So, but I made a lot of mistakes. I, I, obviously, <laughs> you're a smart guy, and I know that from the mistakes you've learned. Yeah. Where Where did you get more information? So I surrounded myself by very smart people that are smarter than me in their own domain. So it's funny. I heard a quote today. It said, "Your net network is equal to your net worth." Yeah. So the people around you can make or break you. So absolutely. If you don't know what you're doing, ask for advice. And you know what you want to do with that advice? You want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Free advice doesn't really get you too far, mm-hmm. right? And if it's Agreed. expensive, that means it's worth something in general. Of course, you got to vet it and everything. But you have to, 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 to get people that believe in the same things that you believe in. And you have to ask the questions. See, the one thing I, I did is ask a lot of questions 
and I got a lot of advice, mm-hmm. but nobody was there to do it for me. Right. Even my business advisor would give me, okay, maybe you should do this, maybe you should do that, maybe, okay, that's great. But it doesn't mean that he came in and did it for me. So you still have to have this acumen to go and put it in place and put the system in place that work for you. So you still have to be the business owner. Here's one of the things I find with dentists. Dentists are willing to spend so much money on clinical. Dental implants, cosmetics, machines, (laughs) technology. We don't mind spending money on that. But don't ask me to take time and money and put it towards the business. Or self-improvement. Or self-improvement, exactly because that's not what they feel is gonna make them money. However, I would definitely say that's not true. I, what, one of the things that I found, and I think one of the main reasons for my success has not been my clinical skills, although I think I'm an excellent dentist, but if I did not have the business skills that I have, my business will not be as successful as it is. There are things that you need to know about team culture, marketing, profit, taxes, I mean, just so many things you need to know to be a, a true, successful business owner. And a lot of dentists just won't invest in that. And I think that's a huge mistake. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it, it always amazes me how there's certain bills that they're, you know, our colleagues are fine paying and not arguing about, but others they get really upset about. And the one that bill that always get them upset is taxes. And team pay. But she gets paid enough. Well, wait a minute here. <laughs> if you think 20 some dollars an hour is enough, would you accept that yourself? And the answer is no. Well, I think it's because... You know, they have, they, yeah, they have to, to, to come to terms that you can't do it alone. Yes. If you and don't have a team, you can't do it alone. We look at our team as an expense, and they're not Never. an expense. They're an investment. They're an investment, totally, because you're you're investing in your profits. If they are happy, they'll work harder for you. Yes. And if they work harder for you, you're going to reap the benefit later on. Yes. It cracks me up that everybody wants to take their money and invest it in the stock market where nobody cares about you and that you can't change anything about the direction a certain company's going. Yet you take this money, put into some unknown company or Bitcoin or whatever, and just expect it to go up based on things that you can't control. Exactly. When you have this amazing business that if you took that same money and reinvested in your business in any way, shape, or form, regardless if it's equipment, another treatment room or into your your team members, it's going to reap benefits over and over and over again, month after month after month. It's like the best annuity ever because every month you're going to produce X thousands of dollars and you know it. I agree. Our dental practice is our biggest financial asset and we have the ability to make it as grand as we want to make it. Absolutely. The, the sky's the limit. You just have to understand that you have to nurture it. You mm-hmm. can't just keep on sucking the money out of it and expect it to do well. Yes. You have to reinvest, 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 but you're invested in yourself. And I'll take that any day is you know, betting on myself. Phil, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> Thanks so much. And hopefully we'll see you guys soon on, on another po- podcast of the Million Dollar Dentist.